This is the Grow to Amazing podcast, episode number eight. I'd like to uh, welcome you all to listening and watching here today. Um, this episode is going to bring to you someone that is I had started to grow to be a really close friend with and get to know him as part of my faith life and my my church life. And I'm very happy to have him here today and kind of explore some of his history and his his. Uh, you know his his path in life as as it brought him to uh, what is my church in first first free church in Alaska, Wisconsin. So I'm very happy to have Pastor Steve Dawson on today. I hope you enjoy it. Um, he's got a very unique perspective on life. Just you know a lot of challenges he's overcome in his life. A lot of people that he's helped and a lot of unique perspectives on that. Stay tuned. We'll go into all of that, and I really welcome him onto the pod. Uh, welcome to the Grow to Amazing podcast. This is Tony Mays. I've got uh, a, a great guest on today that I'm really happy to have here. Uh, you can see from my virtual background, we both share the Vikings as a common common interest between the two of us. And I'm, but I'm happy to have one of the pastors of my church, Steve Dawson, on today to talk about his kind of his past and his challenges and and how he's grown through those and and where he's at today. So uh, welcome to the podcast, Steve. Thanks. It's great to, great to be here. Thanks for having me on. Do you want to tell everyone a little bit about what you do right now, and then we'll kind of hit the Wayback Machine a little bit? Sounds that? good. Yeah, right now, I am the Care Ministries pastor at, at, the, at First Free Church, and um, so, you know, what I do is kind of the, the counseling pastor, uh, mm -hmm. oversee the counseling ministry of the church, as well as the many programs that, and classes that help hit those type of needs. Um, mm -hmm. more of the uh, felt needs, uh, life needs like that, and True. not strict uh, Bible discipleship, but it's, it's Bible-infused uh, mm -hmm. life health is uh, what we do. So that's a big part of where I am now and, and what I do now. So. I think that's, that was one of the things that I really love about our churches, and it's First Free Church in Alaska, Wisconsin, and is just the number of programs that we have and we try we try to break the days down into different types of care ministries right i think so mondays well, you want to go through um, each day of the week or not just care ministries but different ministries so sure yeah sure. typically we try to do uh try to uh, keep it simple for people so tuesday nights at the church are, are mm -hmm. usually or tuesdays are usually our our uh, um, educational or discipleship um, classes and groups Wednesday night is children's and youth and mm -hmm. Thursday night is, is care night, care ministries. So that's mm -hmm. where all the different programs, like something for finances, something for uh, addiction, mm -hmm. um, just growing in, in PTSD uh, and things like that. Identity, PTSD for veterans. Yeah. yeah. Just an array of different programs. So, yeah. 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 That's no, amazing. Just the number of programs and it's something I haven't seen before. So it's great, but so, Steve, you've been with First Free for how long now? Has it been three years, I think? Two years? Right. Uh, it'll be two and a half. It'll two be and three and July 1st. So, okay. Yeah, okay. We've been attending here for um, three and a half, but uh, okay. been on staff for two and a half. So, okay. Yeah. So, where are you from originally? I'm an Iowa boy. Oh, really? Where in Iowa? Uh, down by the Quad Cities. Uh, okay. Down by Iowa. I grew up in a little town thriving metropolis of 150 uh, just outside of Davenport. Um, uh, Maysville was the name of the town. So okay. Uh, okay. that's where I grew up and 
um, Iowa is still home to me and okay. uh, it's a beautiful place. Yeah. Yeah. So I now I'm now living, I used to live in Onalaska. Now I live in Greeley, which is you probably driven close by anyway, or through Manchester or something like that, which is about 20 minutes away, but it's completely different living, you know, a 20 minute drive away from anything now. That's for sure. <laughs> yep. uh, is that Northeast of Cedar Rapids? Yes. We're about 40 minutes West of Dubuque and about 50 minutes north of Cedar Rapids, a little bit north northwest. So, yeah. yeah. Yep. Yep. I actually uh, actually preached years ago in a church in Manchester. So. Okay. Okay. So after, you know, what was it like growing up in, in Iowa for you? Were you on a farm in a small town or what? Very small town, um, yeah. but all my friends were farmers. So I okay. got used to that a little bit. So hanging out with them would be hanging out on the farm a lot, but, uh, but no, very small town. And then, so countryside was, I mean, across the road from our house was, uh, you know, a big field <laughs> behind our house was a big field. Uh, yeah. We'd often have livestock across the road. So we enjoyed the uh, special Iowa aroma sure. uh, quite often, but, um, yep. but no, I, I, I enjoyed the small town living um, and uh, went to a, a, a little bit, smaller school although it's grown quite a bit since my days there but mm -hmm. uh, and uh just enjoyed that my uh I grew up in a uh, conservative home my dad uh was a strong uh had a strong work ethic and was a, mm -hmm. a meat cutter in the grocery business okay. um, yeah. for many many years in fact i think he was still cutting meat at about uh 80 years old or wow. 78 nice yeah. around before he retired but uh well, he retired a couple of times he retired once and then kept working for like one or two days a week that's kind of like well i mean my dad's kind of taken that to an extreme too but he is 79 <laughs> and and was still farming kind of full-time until this last fall anyway so yeah yeah, yeah. Yep. and uh, so mom and dad are, are still together they've been married about 66 years i think wow that's awesome and, yeah um, Mom, uh, for the most part, when I, we were young, was a stay-at-home mom. Uh, mm -hmm. She did a, a side business uh, with Avon okay. for like 13, 14 years, and uh, <laughs> that's what put that's what took care of all of our clothes and school supplies every year sure. for us four kids. There was four of us, um, mm -hmm. so I had two brothers and a sister. And mm -hmm. I'm the baby of the family. So. <laughs> me too. So my wife keeps reminding me of that and the way I act sometimes. So, yeah. 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 Um, did you grow up with a pretty good faith life as well? Yeah, actually, um, I didn't. Uh, interesting thing about how I learned of the where it started. I was actually a senior in high school mm -hmm. when I first heard my dad uh, actually share his specific personal story of, of coming to faith in Christ and okay. um, uh, won't go into all the details of that but I learned when he shared that he was sharing it to another group that I happened to just be a part of and light mm -hmm. bulbs went on because I saw a lot of growth in my dad that I didn't, okay. didn't think about until he s shared that but I was three years old mm -hmm. when my mom and dad um, came into a relationship with Christ and started following okay christian okay. faith that way um and uh, so immediately you know i'm going to uh, uh sunday school and church mm -hmm. and 
mm-hmm. uh, all the different programs with kiddos and yeah um, what faith did they did they go they must not or what faith did they come to or was we, uh, it, i mean just general christian like evangelical faith, or yeah it was yeah. a christian I mean, the christian faith but uh specifically they were uh they started in a baptist baptist okay. church so i grew up baptist i have a lot of appreciation um mm-hmm. for the legacy that gave me um there's some things about it that i'm i i put behind me i suppose is one way to say it sometimes sure. i joke and say i'm a recovering baptist mm-hmm. um i'm not so not sh- so sure the <laughs> The issues are, are the fault of the Baptist denomination, but um, yeah, there's some yeah. different things there that are diff- diff- different than my um, philosophy of, of, and the belief in, in what mm-hmm. Jesus was teaching us. Uh, yep. But overall, it was a beautiful legacy of Bible teaching, of, of mm-hmm. you know, salvation and, and uh, just uh, learning to love, love the Lord. And so mm-hmm. that's how I grew up. Um, mm-hmm. In fact, my folks were, uh, what what you call charter members of a brand new church plant okay. uh, in Denver okay. um, okay. at the time, and so they they were some of the first converts, if you will, to this oh. um, new church plant, and so they yeah. were uh, was so first members of of this group and uh, this church, and and yeah. uh, so I grew up in that way, mm-hmm. and uh, no good good start. Yeah, yeah, I grew up Catholic and and was Catholic till I started coming to First Free and but I always felt I mean I I have a lot of family we still have discussions with about this with my parents and aunts and uncles and things like that that are strong Catholic and about me walking away from my Catholic faith and and that's been it was a tough thing to do for sure but it was always where I felt that there wasn't enough of a personal relationship there and sure. and just needed more, I think. And, and it was Shane's gift of, of, of talking and things like that, that, mm-hmm. that, and that just the message that he brought and the ability to have that longer message of uh, be able to understand more about the gospel and about the Bible and, and God in general, and be able to build that personal relationship was what really stuck out for me. So, yeah. yeah. So it was a big switch going from Catholic to first free though. That's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, we hear that a lot. <laughs> I am sure you do. Definitely yeah, yeah. Traditional uh, ministry, traditional style, and yeah. uh, you know, a lot of a lot of us grew up in a, a very traditional, uh, yep. simple format church, right? You had your, mm-hmm. your hymns and lots of that, a lot of vestments and things like that, and <laughs> yep, and, and uh, you know, kind of this very uh, straightforward structure and mm-hmm. and stuff. And, uh, um, not the same at first. Reason. No, definitely not. No. Um, so did you, were you, so I know you're also a big camper and boundary waters and things like that, but was that something that was part of your growing up as well? Um, in a way, but not to that, no. um, okay. not to that level and not in that, uh, I guess to that extreme that I enjoy today. Uh, yeah. But I did grow up going to a, a camp with my family, but it was, cabin camping um and uh you know not remote at all and you know had plenty plenty of food and, and somebody <laughs> somebody fixing it for us and everything and so sure. I, but i i enjoyed the the at least a level of roughing it yeah. uh, all through growing up and uh, i remember a couple times we did actually go tent camping as a family sure. and uh, those, those are those are strong memories for me as well mm-hmm. but yeah it wasn't until uh Actually, it probably wasn't until I was a, a youth pastor um, okay. 
um, in my adult life that I really started embracing the the wilderness uh, experience and the camping and um, you know the the just getting out there more. Okay. And, uh, okay. So did you feel how that started oh, for ahead. me? But, um, actually, when I was in college, uh, probably where it really the trigger kind of was tripped for me mm-hmm. as I spent a summer uh, working at a camp in Alaska. Oh, and wow. That was just a beautiful experience. And just, I mean, it was funny because to me, the camp was in the wilderness uh, in, in Alaska. <laughs> uh, but there was one week of camp that they called wilderness camp, uh, which oh. was actually quite a bit more remote than where we were, but beautiful yeah. experience. Um, and uh, really enjoyed that a lot. What part and, of Alaska uh, was that? That was in the uh, in Sterling, Alaska, okay. which is south of Anchorage in the Kenai Peninsula. Okay, okay, okay. Wow, yeah. that sounds great. I mean, you at least definitely get a taste of it there for sure, of what yeah, the more remoteness yeah. looks just, like. Just fell in love with it. Um, I mean, things like pulling a, a king crab out of a, a stream coming off of a glacier Oh, wow. bring, it back, bring it back to camp and pulling the legs off and throwing them in a pot. And mm-hmm. uh, it was just, you know, that type of thing. It was just a beautiful experience. Wow. Um, and uh, I mean, I had done some canoeing and such, you know, uh, about every year mm-hmm. up to that. But that was just the first, I suppose, experience of more remoteness and just enjoying that would go on hikes on the weekend when I wasn't working. And um, just, yeah, that was, that was huge. Mm-hmm. And, and then, but then it was a few years before I really started doing that on a regular basis. Sure. And, uh, uh, did you feel called to the ministry right away? And actually, actually I did. Um, when I was in high school, I, I felt the call to ministry, okay. um, and, uh, to vocational ministry and initially, uh, in the area of, of youth work and youth ministry. Okay. Um, I, uh, you know, since I've felt the Lord's call is more of a, a general call um, mm-hmm. and he led me in different areas of, of pastor, youth pastor, um, sure. been a Christian camp director, mm-hmm. uh, Christian fundraising professional, and even at a, a Christian radio station for a while. Mm-hmm. And, um, and uh, then now here as a pastor again. So um, sure. I've allowed, I, I, I've tried <laughs> to allow God to move me where uh, he sees me fit. Uh, sure. I don't know that I always went the right way, but um, mm-hmm. I sure, sure feel that now, that level of contentment. So it's been good. Where did you go to seminary at or college? Yeah. I went to Bible college at uh, Faith Baptist Bible College in Ankeny, Iowa. Okay. Uh, small school. Um, I think it uh, was about 300 students when I was okay. there. Um, but again, a good foundation, uh, mm-hmm. very solid. Um you know, biblical foundation to, to launch on. Um, mm-hmm. it's been, that was good. Yeah. I actually didn't graduate from there. Mm-hmm. Um, I spent three years, three and a half years there and um, stepped out and never ended up going back. But okay. uh, I got married and started having kids and, and, <laughs> uh, and then finished with my bachelor's in biblical studies okay. through uh, uh, Trinity College and Seminary out of Newburgh, Indiana. Okay. Uh, did okay. that correspondence. Took me 19 years to get my bachelor's degree. That's so. okay too. So, yeah. <laughs> How did you and Regina meet? 
at college. Yeah. yeah. That's a fun, <laughs> fun little story too. I was, I was uh, on the soccer team and so I was playing soccer and um, we were there early um, my yeah. junior year, I think it was, she was an incoming freshman. Um, mm -hmm. So we were there uh, at that new school year. We were there early practicing and, and uh, getting ready for the soccer season. Mm -hmm. And uh, then the freshmen came in for freshman orientation. <laughs> and uh, I happened to be sitting in the cafeteria with a couple of soccer buddies. And, and the freshmen came in to the back of the room to go into the, the uh, bookstore to get their supplies and their books that they needed for classes. And, mm -hmm. um, and I just happened to see her walk in. Mm -hmm. And I just said to the guys, I said, man, she's pretty. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and so I actually got up and went into the bookstore and, and uh, wow. we caught eyes a few times and, yeah. and we began to talk after that. And that's uh, the rest is history. Yeah. So how many years is that now you've been married? 33. 33. Wow. That's awesome. Yeah. 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 And how many kids you, you said? Four kids, four, four kids. adult children and three, um, four excuse me four grandchildren okay. uh, three step-grandchildren and wow. even a step-grandchild a great-grandchild <laughs> <laughs> grand great-grandchildren already wow <laughs> well step-great-grandchild but yeah, yeah yep married into it <laughs> yeah yeah okay that works too so yeah um so where did you go after after college uh after college um I was uh, basically working in the management world. Um, I was managing okay. a couple of different, got into management and was managing a photo company, photo lab store and then uh, okay. uh, retail and uh, was in the grocery business for a while and just a, mm -hmm. a few different things like that. Mm -hmm. And uh, finally got, uh, and, and working part-time as a, as a assistant pastor in the local church that I was a part of and, so at one point there, when we had uh, kids were really little, I was working about four or five jobs. Wow. Uh, just to yeah. keep things going. Um, well, I can imagine you know, an, an assistant pastor at a small church probably doesn't pay enough to support a family with a bunch of kids. It was part time, right? Yeah. Right. Exactly. Yeah. So, yeah. so there was that. There was my full time job. There was uh, I did, uh, Domino's delivery, and I was doing <laughs> another side gig of of uh, janitorial services for a veterinary clinic and. Wow. You know, just picking up things like that. So it yeah. was, kept me busy, but uh, needed to do what we needed to do. How um, did that work with the family? It was hard. A lot yeah, of prioritizing, I would guess, or planning well, and communication. We were young. Yeah. Uh, and so there was, you know, I didn't do everything right, you know, there at the beginning. Um, mm -hmm. And uh, uh, that was, we, we often say, because we got married fairly young and had four kids pretty close together. Okay. Um, okay. And as, at time, as we look back on it, we didn't think that then, but looking <laughs> back on it, you know, it was like kids raising kids. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I was 22. She was 19 when we got married. Okay. And we had four kids by the time she was 25. So, wow. Um, well, it, uh, I mean, at least that's a good way to get them done. You know, my, well, you know, yeah. we were, we're, I still feel we're young and, yeah, and uh, we're yeah. on the other side. And here I am at, here I am at 51 <laughs> with a one-year-old, right? So <laughs> definitely a different uh, path for me. You. So, yeah. <laughs> uh, I, uh, kudos to you. I'm, yeah. I don't have the same level of energy that I had at 22. I can guarantee you that. So yeah, you could probably get by with a lot less sleep back then. I would, I would guess. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, when you're younger, for sure. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. So I'd imagine there were some growing pains, you know, relationship-wise and things like that back then as well, right? Yeah, I was, I was um, still living a pattern of some some judgmentalism and legalism mm -hmm. that I had grown up with. Um, okay. Some, uh, you know, very patriarchal, you know, things that I had adopted either from my own family or just from my church upbringing more than anything. Mm -hmm. um, Do you have an example, my maybe? Family, my, my immediate family, my mom and dad, I, I feel we were raised in a very loving home and, um, you mm -hmm. know, very solid in a lot of ways. Um, and so I don't know that it came directly from that as much as it came from just the overall culture that um, and societal um, society that I grew up in. Okay. Um, but definitely a little more on the um, selfish side of things. And, um, mm -hmm. you know, so Regina, my wife, uh, you know, I think took way more of the home and the felt alone more than she should have as I was, mm -hmm. you know, working and, and doing a lot of different things. And there were times uh, throughout the years that, you know, I can't say it was 33 years of bliss and she would mm -hmm. definitely let me know or let us know. <laughs> that it wasn't. Um, but by, you know, I admit that. And so there were times of weakness where I, I wasn't putting her first and I wasn't accepting her the way I should and you know the expectations were all messed up and so there was some things to grow and learn from mm -hmm. um, but uh, it's been the last several years have, have been beautiful I am mm -hmm. you know what I tell couples you know when you're having troubles and it seems like it's bleak you know that I look at my experience and we we both chose to to turn towards each other turn towards the Lord and, and work on it and do do the individual stuff that we needed to do. I couldn't change her. She yeah, couldn't change yeah. me. I could only change me. And there was a lot I needed to change. Yeah. Um, and so just uh, doing that work of, of personal growth and, and change was helpful. Um, mm -hmm. And it's worth it. That's the bottom line. Mm -hmm. um, it's worth it. It's worth it to do that work because it's hard at the time because, mm -hmm. you know, feel defensive you feel like you can't you're not doing things right and so you kind of can look at yourself but that's again continuing to be selfish and so it was I mean by the grace of God I was able to uh, let go of, of some of those things she taught me so much about grace and um, and you know real love and stuff and so it was um, yeah we're best friends now and and uh, just it's it's amazing and and uh just thankful that that we did the work and worked through it so absolutely well i think with any marriage if if you're not struggling at some point then you're just kidding yourselves or you're in denial of some kind or another <laughs> yeah uh, you're not working through the you're probably letting things slide and eventually when things slide they mm -hmm. hit bottom and, and so yeah. that can that's a dangerous thing for sure mm-hmm so what was your first kind of full-time ministry job? Look, What did that look like? Yeah, um, I was, like I said, I was working several jobs at that one time when the kids were little. And uh, finally, the uh, first full-time opportunity came up. And that was a, as a youth pastor, uh, okay. kind of an assistant, but focusing on youth at a church in Illinois. Um, um, okay. And actually, it was a church that my parents and my wife's parents 
were attending at the time. Oh, and okay. So that I got you back to home. Allowed us to bring us back home and uh, in the area. So that was really good for our young family. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it was. It was. It was a a short term, really. It was four and a half years. Mm-hmm. But but a, a good start. It was good to jump in and mm-hmm. um, and actually that's where it was during that is where my passion and love for wilderness ministry or even just wilderness tripping and the outdoors really, really was gotcha. launched. Yeah. So if you don't follow Steve on, on Instagram or Facebook or anything like that, I mean, usually almost every day you're out doing a hike somewhere, aren't you? I think. And <laughs> not quite every day. It might seem like that. Yeah. But, uh, I'm jealous, but yeah, not quite every day maybe, but at least a couple of times a week, probably you've been out around the cross, the lacrosse yeah. area somewhere doing a hike. Yep. So I'm jealous. Definitely. <laughs> Yeah. In fact, I started a hiking group last year and uh, it's been okay. fun to, to work with that too. So, yep. 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 And the, so going back to the Boundary Waters though, what, you know, how did, how did that kind of, can you talk about that a little bit, how you got started there? You said it was a, a youth group trip or something that yeah, got you introduced? Yeah. That's, yeah. Um, so when I was um, candidating for this youth ministry position, which, you know, you go and you meet the church and they can ask sure. you questions and stuff. And um, one of the spot. questions that came up, see, there's another park in Ontario, Canada. Okay. It's very similar to the Boundary Waters Canoe area in, in Minnesota. Mm-hmm. And it's just a little bit further east and, and uh, mm-hmm. up north, a couple hours north of Toronto. Gotcha. Um, yeah. Called Algonquin Provincial okay. Park. And um, so in this question and answer time, and I'm there kind of uh, interviewing, I guess, in a sense, uh, for this position in their church, one of the young people raises their hand and says, are you going to do Algonquin? <laughs> and I had no idea what that was. <laughs> and, I, and I said, I go, well, I don't know what that is. And so they told me that they started a couple years before that doing uh, a wilderness canoe trip and they had been going to Algonquin every year and uh, so my my response was well if they've been doing that well then sure I'll continue it and then if I feel it's you know worthwhile then we'll keep doing it and that satisfied them so I did my first year on the job there I am planning coordinating (laughs) leading facilitating a wilderness trip of which I've never done before yeah yeah Oh, it's hilarious. I look back at some of the, you know, how much we packed and how much we took and, and some of the logistics, uh, what a greenhorn, you know, yeah. but, um, but it was amazing. I was hooked immediately. Yeah. Um, we did a, you know, a week trip up there and um, in Canada, it's portaging uh, okay. in, uh, of course, in, in Minnesota or in the States, it's portaging. So yeah. It's a, there but that's where that's where it started is uh, taking the youth uh a, a group of youth kids up to the wilderness area of algonquin and okay. uh and then uh, a few years later we did a trip to the boundary waters instead um mm-hmm. and uh so then i just you know that's a little closer to home yeah and yeah. then we moved to minnesota mm-hmm. in 99 which okay. put me a lot closer yeah, and yeah. so yeah, for since '95, um, I've been going at least once a year. 
Okay, that's um, awesome. Yeah. Boundary waters, maybe, and some of those were two and three times a year. Okay. Um, and because it, it grew into taking guiding, I've been mm -hmm. guiding since 95, so I began taking other groups. And You actually groups. got certified as a, as a guide or something like that? I, I, did, for, yeah. I did at one point, yep, through mm -hmm. the Forest Service, um, which in a sense doesn't really mean anything, but uh, <laughs> it, 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 it was helpful. Um, Secret handshake but, or something like that. But yeah, uh, there's a form and yeah. thing you fill out and everything, and then you got to fill reports out at the end of the year. So, okay. um, so it, it's it's a little something. But yeah. Um, yeah. And at the camp I ended up working at for ten years, I was able to start a wilderness ministry there. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, so, which besides, camp was that? That was Camp Victory over in Minnesota. Okay. Um, okay. Wonderful summer camp and year-round retreat center. Okay. Um, just about 20 minutes north of Rochester. Oh, um, gotcha. So they have okay. beautiful uh, on-site ministry, day camps and overnight camps. And, mm -hmm. uh, and one thing that I, I was blessed to, to be a part of was starting the a, a wilderness remote mm -hmm. ministry. And so we would uh, take groups of kids up uh, three or four, actually sometimes five weeks a summer. What, um, is, it, what is it about the Boundary Waters or, or that type of camping that, that really appeals to you? You're just disconnected and, yeah. and it allows um, distractions. Um, hmm. I mean, even just getting out and camping, but even more than like car camping or state park camping, your uh, campground camping, you're, you're out and remote and you're alone. Um, hmm. You might be in a group, uh, but it's a small group and your group is alone. Um, mm -hmm. And so you're disconnected from electronics. You're disconnected from, uh, influences of, of, you know, what's a, normally around you, good or bad. Um, mm -hmm. And you just are, you know, you get a focus and you get to think. And um, sure. the, the group dynamics of that are, uh, as well are tremendous. Learning to deal with hardships together, the difficulty of travel, the, um, the chores at the campsite, you know, different personalities and, and learning to, to work together for the cause, the common mm -hmm. goal. Mm -hmm. and moving and and uh, so just the group dynamics the leadership of you know skills that you can learn and uh it's i've just felt i fell in love with it as a leader yeah. um but then just it's it's a it's a connection for me when i go for a you know like for a personal trip mm -hmm. um you know just to relax and to get away and to put the distractions behind me Kind of get just, closer to God a little bit too. Yeah, yeah. Definitely yeah. A time, absolutely. It's definitely a time where I feel close to God. Mm -hmm. It's uh, that energizing place for me. Um, yeah. It's a very, uh, it's a very spiritual um, time for me as well, just to kind of recenter, reconnect with the Lord and, sure. um, and be quiet before him. I think one of the great disciplines that many of us, I myself included, um, uh, haven't had for a long time but working on more recently but many of us don't don't participate in this discipline and that's a discipline of of uh, uh um, solitude and silence yeah. Um, yeah one of my favorite uh authors and teachers uh wrote a book of the, the disciplines of the holy spirit okay and one of those disciplines is solitude and silence and the power that can, can come from just getting away mm -hmm. and getting quiet and mm -hmm. and uh, just meditating on with the lord and yeah. what's his name what's what's his that name that is dr sun yang tan okay okay um so yeah he's a 
Christian psychologist, uh, university professor. Okay. Uh, he's, done, he's done a lot of work and kind of what he's known for is, is uh, bridging uh, together the, the clinical work with the work of the Holy Spirit. Okay. Okay. Uh, yep. this, that's, that's kind of, I'll see if I can put a link to that in the, in the notes or something like that. So, yeah. Oh, sure. Yeah. So you must've seen, uh, do you have any stories of, of some of the kids you took and the transformations that they had from start to finish or during? What, one in particular comes to mind when you say that, um, actually there were several, um, we saw, I know one gal in particular, we would take co-ed groups many times. And one gal in particular, uh, Elizabeth, uh, mm -hmm. came on the trip with no, um, no Christian faith. Um, and uh, by, by the end of the trip, she had uh, stepped over that line, so to speak, and embraced Christ and mm -hmm. uh, uh, that faith. And uh, just through the process of the trip, um, the dependence and, and, and then we would have devotions of course too, but, uh, mm -hmm. that was one that was beautiful, uh, to see, uh, and there were others like that, but then another one that comes to mind was a, was a young gal named Missy. Um, mm -hmm. and one of the things we would do on every trip with the youth was we would have a solitary day. Um, okay. and that is a, a day that we would stay at the same campsite rather than moving on, but mm -hmm. we would take, you know, two to four hours out of that day and we would we would disperse the kids out around the lake around our campsite uh, <laughs> by themselves and so they sure. were distanced from anybody else mm -hmm. um they were usually ideally like on an island or something they had mm -hmm. no they had you know um they could only take their bible a notebook um maybe a sleeping pad to be comfortable um mm -hmm. but uh you know just minimal and uh then so and one this missy she just was scared to death of doing that. she did not want to do it she was scared to death of of being alone for any amount of time let alone three to four hours um and uh and we would give them something to think on and to work on during that time but for the most part it was just time to be alone and and mm -hmm. to soak that in um powerful time for kids but missy just oh it scared her to death so we found a spot um, out at the end of a peninsula uh, on the land where our campsite was. So she wasn't completely disconnected. Yeah. Um, and, uh, but that night around the campfire, um, we're kind of just kind of debriefing about everyone's individual solitary time. Mm -hmm. And she just lit up. She says it ended up being an amazing time for her. And the things she awesome. learned and processed was was powerful and really set her on a, a bit of a, a life course for a while. So um, mm -hmm. that was one that really comes to mind and the, the transformation that took place on her and of taking a step towards really an area of fear mm -hmm. um, and overcoming that fear and then seeing the, the beautiful Where you can uh, go next. Yeah. product or result of doing so. So yeah, that was good. Yeah. No, that's awesome. That's awesome. So uh, while you're in Rochester, I'm guessing your kids must have grown up and fled the house, fled the house, or something like that. At Camp, Vic you know, while you're at Camp Victory, I'm assuming that was their grow up time, kind of. But um, not really. Um, no, Camp Victory was actually I was a pastor in most of their growing up years. Oh, okay, um, okay. So gotcha. By the time I got to Camp Victory, uh, most of them were older, not completely out of the house, but uh, a oh, couple okay. of them were still okay. there, but on the older end of their teen years at least. And, sure. um, but, 
what kind of challenges did you with, have with your kids growing up? Anything good? <laughs> Anything perfect. interesting? They were perfect yeah. kids. But, um, we had probably the typical challenges. Uh, we tried to, um, you know, love them and, um, you know, want the, the time issue that I struggled with um, mm-hmm. uh, putting into work and, and not focusing on them or some things that, that I wish I could do differently. Um, mm-hmm. But we mm-hmm. love them. And I think that shines through. I kind of, as a, as probably a dysfunctional dad in some ways, as we all are at different levels, yeah, yeah. but uh, I kind of really like to claim the promise and the, the word in, in scripture that says love covers a multitude of sins. Yeah. And, yeah. and I believe that. And yeah, I didn't do everything right, but the, the, I did love them and I didn't just say it. Um, we lived it um, even with all the mistakes yeah. Um, and so they knew, they know, knew and know that they are loved and we have mm-hmm. a great relationship, you know, with all four of our kids today. Um, but there was the usual things like, you know, you know, uh, just, uh, well, and then usually you think about the teen years and the younger years, that's expected to have some misbehavior. <laughs> we had our, we had mm-hmm. our one of four that was our, our strong willed child and, um, yeah. We had our, our one that was kind of a, had some anxiety issues and um, social anxiety issues. That was a different child. And then we had, um, you know, our perfectionist and we had, uh, um, uh, you know, they, they had their issues with, you know, different behaviors that we weren't approving of, whether it was with relationships or, or with substances and stuff. But um, really fortunate that none of our kids um, ended up in addictions, mm-hmm. uh, or in, you know, or in trouble, mm-hmm. uh, legal wise or anything. So, you know, as sure. far as, the, you know, we're, we're blessed to not have to deal with a lot of that. Um, mm-hmm. so, no, that's great. Where yeah. do they all live today? Our two oldest are out in the Pacific Northwest. Okay. Um, our oldest daughter and her husband and two boys, uh, live in Washington State, um, mm-hmm. near Tacoma, uh, Lakewood, okay. Washington. And uh, our son, who's our youngest, uh, he lives in Portland, and he's okay. single. And then uh, our two middle daughters, um, our uh, second daughter, second oldest, mm-hmm. uh, she lives with her her wife, actually, her partner uh, okay. in Rochester. And, okay. um, and then our third daughter, mm-hmm. uh, her husband and two daughters and um and then a stepdaughter mm-hmm. uh, two stepsons the st- stepsons aren't around much they're not really in the picture per se but the mm-hmm. stepdaughter is uh, uh, pretty regularly um and mm-hmm. they're also in rochester so we have two in rochester and yeah. and, and which isn't too far away from yeah. where we are here in Alaska, <laughs> which mm-hmm. is good um mm-hmm but uh, two that are very far away and that's a little, that's quite a bit harder. So. Sure. Sure. Yeah. That can be tough, but got to get, uh, you know, there might be some good camping out in the Washington state area. You got to go do sometime. Looking forward so. to it. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> Had some good hikes out there already. What's the last, you know, kind of what brought you or what was steps right before first free? What were you doing right before that? Um, that's a, that's an interesting journey. <clears throat> and uh, yeah, I'll take just a couple, a, a few minutes. Absolutely. Probably. Yeah. No, so, we can take as many yeah, minutes as you want. So, <laughs> um, 
but uh, I was at the camp. I was a, and I had gone from, at the, at the Camp Victory in Minnesota, I had gone from uh, being the, the camp director um, mm-hmm. to being the development director. Okay. And so- Kind of putting which, programs together basically and things like that. Development yeah. director is a, a, in the fundraising world, uh, oftentimes you're called the development. Oh, okay, uh, gotcha. So okay. it's, it's fundraising. Um, and so became responsible for special events, fundraising individuals, as, as well as events and stuff. And um, really gave myself to that and kind of became a new career for out of some minor fundraising for a number of years into <laughs> that being my sole role. Um, mm-hmm. And, uh, but uh, was struggling with contentment and being where I thought God wanted me and, and needed me and mm-hmm. believing I had more to offer and was always looking for something else, right or wrong. I wasn't finding contentment, um, yeah. and which which is a which is a me issue, yeah. Um, yeah. and uh, but that was one of my struggles. And so I, I was kind of looking, um, and uh, but two things began to happen, or two opportunities actually came up that weren't a result of my looking. They were just a part mm-hmm. of, of God moving. Um, and, uh, during my time, during our time after I was a senior pastor and then, uh, at the camp, mm-hmm. um, Regina, my wife, uh, began drinking and became an alcoholic just okay. through some of the transitions were tough and her own struggles, uh, some mental health issues and, and personal mm-hmm. struggles that just began. Um, so she began doing that and that's where she ended up. I'm but, assuming she's okay with you talking about that. But, absolutely. Yeah. absolutely. Okay. <laughs> part, of her story, part of our story. Um, yep. So yep. yeah, definitely. Just wanted to make sure I said that. So <laughs> yeah, appreciate, appreciate you yep. asking. Yes. She's, uh, she loves sharing the story too, because uh, we both have the belief that it's God's story. Mm-hmm. Um, but when she hit bottom, um, we won't go into detail of, of that, but when she hit bottom, um, we had a decision to make and she ended up uh, agreeing and wanting to go to treatment. So we were able to get her into uh, Minnesota Adult and Teen Challenge in Minneapolis. Okay. And God did a miracle in her life. Mm-hmm. Um, to this day, actually, that was a little just over six years ago now. And, you know, th- to this day, she feels healed um, awesome. and uh, doesn't struggle with that. But it was it was a rough time. Um, mm-hmm. She experienced that, right? She experienced the addictions. She experienced the lows. She experienced um, all the denial and everything that goes with it. Then she experienced the incredible healing that mm-hmm. comes and through that particular ministry of, of Teen Challenge, Adult and Teen Challenge. Um, through our connection, one of the directors in Rochester, um, uh, who I was a friend who was friends with before this all happened, and then became our friends as a couple, um, he put us in contact with a couple of businessmen in in lacrosse okay. uh, in this area who were trying and looking and beginning the process of starting a uh, an adult teen challenge in Wisconsin in western Wisconsin here okay um, and so I uh, with my Christian uh, organizational leadership ministry uh, mm-hmm. and my wife's experience and her mm-hmm. and her um, you know, she had a has a psychology degree. Okay. Um, uh, he gave them our name as possibly somebody that would be a good fit for running this new place uh, in Lacrosse. Wow. So we came over to Lacrosse and met with uh, David Twite 
No, um, <laughs> I was going to say, I was wondering if that's who it was. Yep. <laughs> yep. And, and Andrew Dahl. Okay. Um, yep. And Andrew Dahl is the one that's really been the spearhead for starting it. And mm -hmm. the, but this was, this was four years ago, uh, mm -hmm. I think it was. Um, and so I came, we came over here and met with them, visited with them a couple different times, um, even had a site uh, in mind. And so we went and visited that um, at the time. It was, mm -hmm. uh, it ended up being a different place, but um, uh, so that's what we were kind of thinking maybe God was doing. Um, it would have been a good fit in a lot of ways, um, mm -hmm. but we kept talking and, and uh, they ended up deciding to go a different direction, but I kept okay. in touch with them and we became friends and, Mm -hmm. Um, and, uh, especially David Twite and I would, would uh, message back and forth a little bit and about speaking engagements and different things. I was also president of a business, uh, uh, can't remember what they called it now, but a Christian business leaders, okay. um, in the Rochester uh, area, kind of, Rochester or, area, yeah. uh, okay. a, a group that had been started there and I was leading that as well. So we've gone back and forth on a few, few things just to keep in touch, <laughs> But one day he calls me out of the blue and, and he had also helped, uh, was one of the co-founders of Praise Network, which is a, a, a beautiful oh, sure. and large a Christian mm -hmm. radio network uh, of stations in Western Wisconsin. Mm -hmm. And so he calls me up and says, hey, they're looking to add what a person that does what you do. Um, and uh, would you be interested? I think you'd be good for them. They'd be good for you because uh, mm -hmm. you know, knew I was interested in maybe seeing what else is out there. Sure. Long story sure. short, I came over, was offered and accepted that position. So we moved over to Wisconsin <laughs> and uh, I began working as a, a development director, uh, actually a um, community engagement director is what they called me at the Christian radio station. Okay. And, uh, enjoyed doing that. So I was um, trying to just get out in the community and promote the station, raise mm -hmm. funds for the station. And so that's what I, what I did. Okay. Um, that was going well, but from the moment we moved over to Wisconsin and God just continued to bring things into our heart and mind, both of us, my wife and I, mm -hmm. uh, about our, our gifts and uh, mm -hmm. our calling. Um, and so um, I just began to realize that, you know, I, I miss, the hands-on ministry uh, sure. of, of, of the word. And um, were you going you know, to first free when you came over? I started going to first yeah. free. Okay. Yep. We started yep. going there. We went to a church in, in uh, Sparta where we first moved uh, a oh, little okay. bit, but gotcha. landed at first free and we're going there, started getting involved there. Uh, both Regina and I uh, started leading recovery groups and classes, okay. Um, okay. her for the women and me for the men. And, um, just got involved in, in doing ministry again. Um, <laughs> and again, I began, we had to have conversations and I would tell my wife, you know, I, I love what I'm doing. And I think that's my new career that God's supposed wants me to continue in, but I, I'm just, my two greatest gifts are teaching and, in and, uh, or preaching and teaching mm -hmm. and, and caring for people. And I don't feel I'm doing either one of those. Yeah, and, yeah. Uh, um, and, uh, and then I got, I began to start leading Bible studies and got invited to uh, teach here and preach here and there. And, um, mm -hmm. and just that longing for that. I wasn't looking, I didn't start looking or anything. I just, mm -hmm. that was just happening. Right. Yep. Well, you weren't lobbying then, for a job at the time or anything like that. Oh, right, right. <laughs> and uh, um, it's what God was doing was something, I think, just preparing us and, uh, he had also done a lot in Regina's heart mm 
mm-hmm. because when when I left the 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 pastorate in Minnesota, and you know, then I ended up working at the camp and a couple other things in between. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, she had said she never wants me to be a pastor again. She okay. was pretty hurt by some of the things that at the end of my my last pastorate and. Um, just just because, from interaction, own. interaction with the congregation, or or just some of of you know, just the way it ended, probably. Yeah. yeah. Okay. It was a, not a lot of respect and appreciation for me, and and sure, and so, sure. Um, and uh, so she was hurt by that, but also she was had been and continued to struggle with her own view of God and relationship with God, and uh, mm-hmm. that was just continuing struggle but she was pretty clear that she didn't want me to, <laughs> to pursue that anymore and um yeah. but god had done a 360 in her and so a couple of times we're driving in the car and she's and we're talking about you know just life and goals and, and things like that what we're doing and and mm-hmm. at least twice i remember her saying so do you think you want to be a pastor again yeah. and she was ready for that um, okay and, okay uh, so that's what came out of that do you think and her again, transformation is still going on or was it, or is it? Sure. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, I yep. mean, I guess all of ours are, but I yep. mean, she, it right. sounds like she had a huge transformation over the last six, seven years. Yes. So, yep. Yep. Very much yeah. so. Uh, I mean, she was a Christian, um, mm-hmm. you know, but just had those struggles. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, definitely, uh, definitely been a, a growing thing. And uh, well, it's but, definitely been part of my story too. I haven't, I haven't touched on it a lot to this point. Well, I, when I, I've got a, an episode where I'm going to, uh, by the time this one comes out, that one probably will already be out, but it's kind of my take on, on my faith and the Bible and things like that, but it's going to touch on part of my story and that's, you know, having to do with pure desire and things like that as well. So, you know, my struggles with pornography and, and addiction there and some of my family struggles with alcohol as well. And, and I'm sure that was probably part of my story when I was younger, but I wasn't willing to admit it. So, but I think we all have those things where we've got to, you know, not, you know, it can, you can fight through it, but you're not going to win until you kind of surrender yourself, I think. So, yeah, yeah, that's beautiful. Right. Mm-hmm. So we were, as as I said, we were involved at First Free mm-hmm. and the, at the time we were working with uh, uh, Pastor Sam Gallegos, who was the care mm-hmm. ministry pastor at the time. Yep. Um, and uh, we ended up going out to coffee with him one day, just, to, you know, find out what, how we can be involved and stuff. And uh, he told us about 15 minutes into that, that he was kind of, now this is all hindsight at this point. Um, But he told us at that time, in that time around coffee, he goes, actually, I, I I felt the Lord saying I was going to be coming here for an interview and we're like, what are you talking about? Interview for what? And he hinted at that there was an opening going to be coming up at first free. So we started asking me questions and everything. And, um, and long story short, you didn't know uh, it was his job though. (laughs) I didn't, I didn't. Um, And when that was, when that was uh, confirmed and and everything, um, he was able to tell me, and then we were able to move forward. And uh, anyway, he gave my name to uh, our executive pastor and and Shane, our senior pastor, and the interviews mm-hmm. and went from there. And and the the Lord brought it together. But but what was neat in that is how that all came to that point. Um, and uh, God orchestrated it all. In fact, um, Pastor Sam, my predecessor, 
um, said when he met me in the ministry, just, you know, as a volunteer, mm -hmm. he felt the Holy Spirit tell him then that mm -hmm. this is the guy going to replace you. Wow. And it's wow. And, um, and, and then in the process, you know, this is a counseling, pastoral counseling role, right? Mm -hmm. And, uh, and um, you know, one of the things the leadership was, was thinking about at the time was going with a, a professional counselor. Sure. You know, that was a Christian, of course, but more a professional counselor. And so they were, they had already started interviewing me and probably a couple others. I have no idea, but it had taken, it was taken a little while because they were praying and thinking <laughs> on it. and they realized this is a church. We need a pastor, a pastor's heart. And, yeah. uh, you know, with the counseling emphasis, of course, but we don't need a professional counselor or therapist. We need mm -hmm. a pastor. And I really appreciated that. Mm -hmm. Um, and that's kind of where I, we came in and, and, and the rest is history. So it's just been, so I only ended up being a year uh, at that crazy <laughs> network and, uh, apologize to them, but I think God might have used them a little bit to get me over yeah. to Wisconsin. Yep, exactly. Uh, and, yeah. uh, either way, it was part of God's plan and we're just grateful. And I've been here two and a half years yep. and, and Tony, I've never been more content in my awesome. life. Yeah, um, that's awesome. That's something that I feel is a is you know definitely part of God's sign for me and and blessing to feel that because mm -hmm. contentment was probably one of the things I struggled with mm -hmm. almost all my life. I know um, that's been that's been a huge thing for me as well is is feeling feeling like I'm in the right place and for the longest time I I think I felt up until just the last couple of years for me it's been a lifelong struggle I, I i would guess and even now we're we're in a big time of transformation with going to travel on the road and things like that and that's kind of an, a bit of upheaval and you know we're not actually on the road yet so we're definitely in that transitional phase and we've been struggling a lot with that and and we know we've got this end goal in sight but it's still a few months away so being patient and 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 things like that has been a real struggle, but so I get you. <laughs> yeah. 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 So I think, I mean, I think, and as far as, as Sam goes, I mean, my wife and I had done some counseling with him and I started, we started participating in some of the groups first free has to offer and he did a great job of getting things off the ground. I think you've done a great job of kind of taking that to the next level of getting things a little bit more organized as they've grown and just meeting the needs of what our church has needed Thank you know you. you still do some individual counseling and things like that as well yeah, as uh, you know one of the things i do is individual counseling couple a lot of couple counseling sure um and then uh then teaching and and mm -hmm. overseeing uh, uh other classes and groups that that we have in the care ministry so i really try to engage volunteers I can always do better at that. But I really try to <laughs> well, you can't teach everything, right? So, yeah. Right. <laughs> um, and so, for instance, we're going to have, I think, 12 or 13 groups going on at the same time um, oh. starting in February. And uh, I'm teaching one of them. Mm -hmm. um, the rest is all volunteer led and facilitated. And Which, that's just beautiful. I'm grateful for that. Yeah. I mean, that's just amazing because you don't see that at most churches where you get that number of volunteers to help out with things yeah. so what do you think the difference is at first free i think some of it is the 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 welcomeness mm -hmm. to to lead the, mm -hmm. the the welcome like they don't have to jump through uh they don't have to be a certain 
person or believe uh, you know dot their i's and dot their or cross their t's on everything and jump through a lot of hoops we interview them we meet with them we have a you know obviously for safety things we have an application and background check and this all of our volunteers whether it's children all the way through uh, adult ministries we do that um, but other than that we just get to know them and mm-hmm. we just let them use their gifts and I think mm-hmm. that it might seem loose to some mm-hmm. churches but uh, I grew up in a, in a in a system that you had to be um, a formal member mm-hmm. of the church you had to be you know, baptized in that church, you had to be, um, you know, all these things that you had to be before you could even sing in the choir, let alone, wow. um, yeah. Uh, yeah, let alone teach uh, something. Make sure you were so, properly consecrated or something like that. Yeah, or, there were a lot of things yeah. that would disqualify you, you know, mm-hmm. and um, past things in, in your that were part of your life that would mm-hmm. disqualify you. And so they, <laughs> You know, whether you were divorced or, you know, or not, if you were divorced, you couldn't teach a class or, you know, just those type of things. Yeah. Um, which, is, which is so crazy because, I mean, everybody has their own area of sin, right? I mean, no matter who you are, you've got it. And especially yeah. in your past, I mean, and you can't yeah. change that. So what are you going to do about it? You know? Yeah. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. yeah. And I think that's been one of the things transformative for me is just seeing you know, Shane's honesty week to week of his struggles and his challenges over the years of dealing with his family background and all the challenges that's brought to him. That goes a long ways with a congregation when you can be that open. You definitely don't see that today. That's for sure. So (laughs) that realness is so needed. Yep. Yep. What do you, what do you think the next, what do you think the next couple of years will look like for you? More of the same. Uh, I, I, I think, um, you think? Okay. I actually would hope that we uh, can can grow in a sense to where um, we can meet more needs. One of the things I did this last fall mm-hmm. um, was a blessing that came from a national uh, association of Christian counselors um, that uh, offers a lot of studies and stuff and mm-hmm. biblical counseling. And one of the programs that they had is it's through the AACC, American Association of Christian Counselors, um, was a mental health, uh, mental health coach, first responder course and certification. Oh, okay. Okay. And it's a $2,400 course and certification. Mm-hmm. Um, but they did a national, because of the pandemic, because of the need of, of uh, mental health uh, from mm-hmm. directly from the pandemic and all the isolation and stuff that's taking place, the chaos, the difficulty. Well, and just the, uh, yeah, I mean, being a, a, an emergency worker like that, I mean, I can't yeah. imagine the things you have to deal with now versus last year at this time. Yeah. But, right. Yeah. Right. So what they did is they basically gifted that course to Oh my gosh. Yeah. Wanted to take it. Yeah. Um, and it was like $50, I think for the online, yeah. some of those okay. basic things. Um, but, uh, it was an online course could be done on your own time. And, uh, ideally that you'd have, of course you'd have to, uh, the way it was rolled out was you'd have a, a pastor approve you. Mm-hmm. Um, so what I did is I signed up as a pastor and mm-hmm. I was able to offer it to my volunteers um, and oh, okay. that wanted okay. to, 
and to provide this. And I took on the cost in my department from my budget. I took on the cost of the, the remaining $50 um, to allow those volunteers. And so we were in the, we're still, some of the, many of them are still taking the course, um, mm -hmm. but uh, we have 30 people. Oh, wow. Uh, this mental <laughs> health coach. So we're going to have uh, potentially 30 certified mental health coaches in the care wow. ministry. First free That's crazy. <laughs> and I'm, I'm not asking anything extra of them. They're already mm -hmm. volunteers, but the extra equipping is just amazing. Uh, well, it gives so you so many more options. Yeah, absolutely. When and uh, as the needs are greater, um, I can only see so many people a week mm -hmm. um, or a day, but we've got volunteers that we can connect people with as well. And they're willing and ready to do that. And so mm -hmm. I, th I hope that the, the disbursement of individual counseling would be something that grows mm -hmm. and uh, potentially um, maybe uh, an assistant um, mm -hmm. or associate pastor in this role to mm -hmm. take out some of those departments um, sure. a little bit stronger and, and continue to grow them. Mm -hmm. um, so just, just to continue to spread uh, the, uh, the opportunities for ministry and growth. So. Sure. Sure. What have you, speaking of the pandemic, I mean, what, what does that look like from your perspective the last nine months or so? I mean, have there definitely been more need, less need? I mean, talk yeah. about that for a little bit. I would say definitely what I personally experienced as a, as a pastor, as a, as a caregiver um, is the first few months, it didn't really seem to change much. Mm -hmm. The first few months of the pandemic, um, you were starting to hear about it, but it wasn't until fall um, mm -hmm. of this last fall where the, it really started coming to a head for a lot of people, just the isolation, mm -hmm. um, the, the lack of activity, the lack yeah. of social opportunities and activity and entertainment. Um, it just, it, it's an isolating thing and it's a lonely thing. Um, mm -hmm. Couples uh, are dealing with schedules and, and chaos and, and, and home life in a different way than they have before. So if they were, if they were on eggshells to begin with, or if they had, yeah. you know, they weren't connected like they would like to be to begin with. It just created a lot more disconnect. Uh, uh, so the marriage needs uh, the couples, um, you know, seeking help has significantly risen as well. Um, sure. But yeah, there's a, definitely a greater need in that area um, mm -hmm. than what there has been. And so this timing of this uh, extra equipping for volunteers is, is perfect. Yeah. And, um, and uh, we've got a, a wonderful group of volunteer. What we call them here is uh, their care allies. Mm -hmm. um, we don't call them lay counselors. Uh, we could, but uh, we felt that uh, as a leadership that the, telling people that they were getting a counselor made them, the perception was they were getting professional counseling and such. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's not quite the case. So, um, yeah. so, but we like the term allies. It's people in the body of Christ working together coming alongside one another and helping meet their needs, um, needy themselves, but helping meet the needs of others. And yeah. it's been a beautiful thing. So, yeah. Good. Awesome. Yeah. I mean, it, it's definitely something you notice. I mean, pe people deal with things different ways, but just families that 
aren't used to having kids at home all the time or, right, you know, yeah. husbands, wives not going into work anymore, you know, they're working remotely. And I saw it from my perspective. I mean, I've, I've worked from home for 10 years now, so it was nothing new for me to be home. It was just more, I think we went stir crazy because we couldn't go out and do stuff. I couldn't get out of the oh, house and go right. anywhere. And, right. and, um, but I just saw it a lot of, with a lot of people like, when we would have a meeting for web for for work like this with webex we never used to turn our cameras on on our on our laptops oh. because nobody else had them they were all in the same room oh. at their company and i was sitting by myself my boss, our sales guy would be in georgia at his place and nobody else was on cameras but as soon as covid hit and everybody's working from home it's like if we're on a meeting with nine people there'd be seven seven cameras on except for me and my boss and you know it's like okay well you know, we don't do cameras, so <laughs> that means yeah. I got to get dressed in the morning then, I guess, or something, yeah. but <laughs> or at least a shirt, yeah. at least a decent shirt. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, it was definitely interesting to see people struggling with that lack of personal connection. So, yeah. Yep. And that community yeah. is one of our foundational needs as people, as humans. Um, and so that togetherness, that gathering, that community has been has been hard, and, and as an organization like a church, um, who's tried to tried to walk that line of of honoring, you know, mandates and honoring, uh, you know, what we can um, at the same time, trying to do what the body of Christ needs as well. Um, you know, we went really strong digital initially, um, put out a lot of material online for people that when the, you know, initial lockdown took place and um, yep, that was tremendously received and helpful, but we're still trying to do that. Um, we do have a lot of in-person opportunities now. We have opened that up, um, but there's a lot of people that aren't coming yet and obviously and understandably so. And so, you know, like one class I'm teaching now, Search for Significance, um, it's just a four-week class in January here, um, but I'm teaching that in person and via Zoom simultaneously. Okay. Um, so that's been a new dynamic, too, of doing yeah, something live, <laughs> interactive live in Zoom yeah. uh, simultaneously, and uh, so far it's worked out really well. But Okay, how many people do you have in that so far, roughly? Uh, well, we had one week, last week we got uh winter stormed out oh that's uh, right okay so, yeah. but we had about 90 to 100 um, wow. in, in the first class so that that spoke a lot too i think to the need mm -hmm. of uh just connecting that way and it, it actually was about evenly split too the mm -hmm. number of people that were in person and the number of people that were online so oh my gosh yeah yeah we've seen that here in iowa too is we've we we usually watch Sunday services online, but then there's just some Sundays where we have to we need to go to church and and my my wife's parents go to an evangelical. It might have actually been if you said you preached in Manchester, it might have it used to be called Cooley Rock Church. Was that does that ring oh, any bells? No, I don't think so. Yeah, there's okay, a Cooley Rock in town here. Or uh, uh, no, sorry, uh, Cornerstone uh, Community oh, Church. Yeah, okay. sorry, yeah, sorry, yeah. 
but about uh, that. I don't remember. I think it was a Baptist church. So. Yep, and it actually it is still a Baptist church, but it's more. Oh, it may have it, been. It, yeah, it is. It's more of an evangelical free church now than a Baptist church, I think. So, but uh, so we get kind of a similar, you know, we get the similar message in worship and things like that. Just he, their pastor doesn't talk for an hour like Shane does. So <laughs> not everybody can do that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Sure. Yep. I mean, yep. Anybody can do that, but not keep. Yeah, everyone's attention. Like yeah, so. exactly. How have services recovered in terms of on-site attendance? Is it about yeah. half or? No, we're about a third. About a third. Okay. Yeah, we're about yeah. a third. Yep. We were we were pushing three thousand, mm-hmm. um, you know, pre-pandemic, and, uh, and since we've been steadily open for a while now, we're mm-hmm. we're probably seeing about a thousand on the weekends. Okay. Um, Okay. Uh, we've seen an uptick, of course, in online mm-hmm. attendance and, and viewership, but, um, and, you know, a lot of that is, you know, families and kids and stuff too. So, um, mm-hmm. but they're back now too. So we're, we're kind of like fully open, um, mm-hmm. but we've got, we haven't put all the seats back in this, you know, the worship center yet either. Sure. Sure. Um, so we've kind of got a percentage there, try to, uh, try to honor that. But, um, mm-hmm. but yeah, so uh, significantly different, um, mm-hmm. but um, still a blessing to see people together. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, we're hoping to get back up there. We're hoping to visit some friends up there sometime in the next couple months, depending on schedules, and then spend a couple weeks up there in the lacrosse area before we head out on our journeys. So uh, we're kind of getting things planned for our summer and fall schedule right now of Sure. looping up through the up and then out to the east coast and, and yeah. yeah yep and then hopefully down around the atlanta area by thanksgiving ish um, avoid hurricane season on the east, lower east coast so <laughs> if we can so you're, so. you're on the road um is that with a uh an rv yeah or? we're we're uh in the process of looking at a fifth wheel camper right now yep yep yep. so we bought our truck to tow with and we're getting something inspected it'll it'll be by the time this comes out it should be all done but uh hopefully that all goes through and and uh and yeah what's that you get a ford yes i did actually a f-350 so (laughs) dually my first dually pickup truck so yeah nice Yeah, we have, I mean, we have logistics to work out there because I've got to work while we're on the road and, and I mean, Jill homeschools already, so that's not a problem for us, but trying to figure out where's my workspace for, you know, how we're going to fit three kids in there and that kind of thing. So, yeah, but a different dynamic for sure. Yeah. Speaking of Cooley Rock Church, uh, the, the, the senior pastor there, Peter, his family, he and his wife are the ones that bought our old house from us when we started downsizing. So, yeah, so we got to know them and, and we haven't seen them for since we moved, but uh, we started, went out to dinner with them occasionally and things like that as well. So yeah, they're a great couple, but what is, what are your plans for the spring? Are you trying, are you hoping to do another Boundary Waters trip? I know we talked about one for the men's group, but uh, yeah, that hasn't come to fruition yet. And uh, I think that was planned for last summer, wasn't it? Before COVID or something? if it got officially planned um oh, okay okay but, uh, uh, remember a survey to, at some point but yeah oh okay yeah i also have to you know honor my wife's desire to have me around so <laughs> true true I, I could easily you know go on a, a lot of different trips and yeah uh, yeah true 
but I want to be home with her too. So, but actually this year, I, I initially had said, you know, at least one a year. Um, and actually this year I might be uh, doing a backpacking trip um, okay. rather, than a, rather than a boundary waters canoe trip. So um, that's part of your getting shape uh, mantra or your getting shape activity of getting on the treadmill I saw the other day or something. Yeah. You just got to put a 50 pound pack on your back while you're doing it. And then yeah. well, hopefully I'm not carrying 50 pounds when I have, yeah. when I go back, I, you try to go a little bit lighter, you buy, buy a little bit lighter weight stuff. And sure. Sure. Yeah. But yeah, it can get heavy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, but yeah, so I'm looking at doing that. A friend of mine, uh, actually, he was a he was a kid in my youth group when I was a youth pastor. Um, not a kid anymore, uh, and uh, he's in Wisconsin now too. And mm-hmm. so he reached out to me and asked if I'd be interested in, in a backpacking trip. We both uh, have a love for the Superior Hiking Trail. Oh, okay, and okay. So that's up in northern Minnesota mm-hmm. as well. Doesn't that um, go into Wisconsin also? I think a little bit. So, no, not the, nope. nope. Not Superior. Um, it okay. starts at, uh, technically, I think it starts at, or could start at Jay Cook State Park, which is just below Duluth, okay. and then rides up the, the North Shore there of Minnesota. Oh, okay. Gotcha. Uh, all the okay. way to, pretty much all the way to Canada. Okay. Um, there's the Ice Age Trail. Ah, uh, that's what I'm thinking of. Yeah. Yep. That runs yep. through Wisconsin. So, we've talked about that as a possibility, a part of that as well, but. Um, mm-hmm. No, anyway, that's probably what's coming for me uh, okay. uh, this later this summer. Anyway, is that kind of trip. Also, want to head over to Washington uh, to mm-hmm. see our our kids and our family. So we'll probably take a trip, maybe this spring, uh, mm-hmm. over there or 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 summer. Uh, I'm not sure. Haven't got it planned yet, but okay. uh, that's that's on the uh, it's on the docket as well to try to make that happen. And while I'm over there, I've mm-hmm. already given my son and my son-in-law heads up that uh, I want to go on a good hike while we're there. Sure. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Overnight on a, uh, I actually want to summit, uh, something that's around 10,000 feet if possible. So, okay. Okay. I'm not a mountain climber per se, but there are some non-technical summits that are, that are doable. They're still hard work, but yeah. Yeah. Something I've never done. Okay. Isn't that would Mount Rainier or whatever fit into that category or something? Yeah. Mount Rainier would be, that would be a technical climb. Oh, it would be. Okay. Yeah. Yep. Yep. To to some of that. So there would be some others around there though, that you could, that could do, and they would probably be more around seven, Mm -hmm. 8,000 feet, but that's still, still a a difference than I'm used to here in Wisconsin. Yeah. Yeah. Would that be an overnight on the way up and then just come back on the way down in a Probably, day? Or, yeah. yeah. Okay. Two or three day. Yep. Sure. Sure. Yeah. Then I guess you probably wouldn't need a 50 pound pack for something like that. If you got the right stuff. That so. one. <laughs> no. But, uh, but uh, if you're going for a week, then you got to figure out food drops and, or something yeah. or along yeah. that kind of thing. So, yeah. Well, you just take light, light food. Yeah. I should be able to keep it around 35. Okay. Okay. So it'll be interesting to see you. So, um, so if you have a message, maybe, I don't know if you want to recap any of your struggles or challenges that you had or a message that you wanted to pass on to people, you know, especially in these days, what would you say to somebody that's, that's struggling right now? That's a really good question. I, I guess 
initially the thing that wants to pop out is it's kind of a it needs to have more added to it because it's kind of a churchy answer or a, <laughs> a, a simplistic answer in its initial sounding but is lean lean towards the lord lean on him um and uh you know and, and just really choose to uh to follow him and to rest in in his strength that he's given us um but along with that is is connecting mm-hmm. uh, i can't earthly wise, I can't think of a greater, uh, a greater need that we all have is to find somebody to connect with. And some of us are feeling very lonely. Some of us don't feel we have any good friends, anyone we can go to. And and that's a tough place to be. Um, And, and it may take, it may take a little while, but just start connecting with people and finding somebody maybe that you have some things in common with that, that has your values and it's going to lift you up and, and be there for you. Um, Mm -hmm. But but connecting, maybe it's finding a group and, and checking that group out because through that group, you'll find people to connect with. And maybe it's a Bible study or, or, or a discipleship class or, um, or, or, or something along the lines that meets your needs as a, as a class or a group, but get connected. Um, even in person, even in this time of pandemic, if you can find a small group uh, to connect with on a regular basis, that connection is so important. We can go through scripture over and over again and find all of the importance of one another in the body of Christ. And we're, you know, each one of us need each other. We need people. Um, that neediness is a part of who we are. And so uh, connect, find a way to connect, um, reach out to people. Um, and then lean into the Lord. Um, what does that mean time. to you? That's what does uh, that mean to you? I mean, I know what it, I can kind of. I actually did a, uh, a, a discussion. Um, you can find it on the first free digital platform. I can't remember what we called oh, okay. it. But, I'll see if I can um, find the link and share it up there. But it, yeah. Uh, yeah, it's the idea of, you know, what does it mean to lean into God? What, it, what does it mean to turn to God? Um, and there's really three things that I try to highlight in that three-part series. Um, and, and the first one is first enter into a relationship with him. Um, uh, do you have a relationship with Jesus Christ? Are you in Christ as scripture calls it? And uh, we can be religious. We can believe in God and we can go to church, but have we entered into a relationship? And what I mean by that is ha- have we personally received his gift of salvation for ourselves? And, uh, you know, scripture says, um, for by grace are you saved through faith and that not of yourselves. It's a gift of God. And so he has a gift of his grace, a gift of salvation, uh, a gift of relationship that he is offering. And uh, sometimes we sit back and we say, I believe it. I know he's doing that, but we haven't made it our own. And so just reaching out to him and saying, I want that relationship with you. And so it begins with relationship. Um, and then uh, secondly, um, it's uh, building that relationship. It's and if that's where connectedness comes in, and connecting with other people, and and be, being in the Word, and and growing and learning. What does God say to me? What does God have for me? Um, and uh, and then I can't remember what the third thing is. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll put a link up to your to your series. 
those are yeah have tune into the series yeah, and find out what it was but it was actually a three-part series um and uh that was a while ago i can't remember what, yeah, what my yeah. outline was well that's but, a pretty good start but though but i think yeah, I mean, yeah. it's easy to say right turn to god or or uh you know just turn to god well what mm -hmm. does that mean and mm -hmm. uh, so i tried to break that down mm -hmm. um where it's practical to where you could it's it's measurable. Am I turning to God? First, sure. do you have a relationship? Secondly, are, do you know Him, and are you growing? Um, mm -hmm. And so, those are part of part of that part of that uh, process, and and engaging yourself in that process, and and uh, yeah. and, you, and the Holy Spirit. When you have a relationship with Christ, the Holy Spirit resides in you. And Ephesians 3 tells us that um, we have been given, God has given us all the spiritual blessings from the spiritual realms if we are in Christ. And so we have all we need. God's done all, all, all he's done his part for sure, right? Mm -hmm. We have all we need to get through these tough times and to work through them, but we don't often know to turn to him. We don't often um, make that choice. Uh, we often turn inward uh, or turn down, um, yeah. if you will, and... Uh, there's there's a better way to turn and it does come down to a choice and so god's done his part by giving us what we need um, we have our part to do as well so and I, I think that's yeah that's part of what i i think i struggled with the longest time was just accepting that i was good enough for that that it was really was just a gift that i was worthy of or that i didn't think i was and and when you finally open up all the doors in your closets, what's all my junk that I'm trying to hide from everybody and realize that God already knows it's all there. You just have to admit it. Then that was kind of the freeing part for me was getting it all out into the light and admitting what was really back there. So, yeah. Yeah. That's good. You know, it's something I just read yesterday, actually um, in preparing for my class uh, is that's something, unfortunately, I think we've been taught and or it's been part of our even our church culture in a lot of ways is that you're bad god is good mm -hmm. you're bad you need god you're bad you're uh, mm -hmm. you're sinner you're unacceptable you're unworthy and there's some truth to that until we have a relationship with christ until we come mm -hmm. to christ once we're in christ that's mm -hmm. no longer true somebody might say well i have a hard time believing that God's accepted me because I'm so acceptable. Mm -hmm. And if you're a Christian, you are completely acceptable because that's all changed in Christ. And that's part of the blessing of coming to him. So um, yeah, feeling that you're not worthy, feeling that you're unacceptable, feeling that you don't deserve is, is not from God. Um, mm -hmm. So, uh, yep. but it is hard to, because of the patterns that we've grown up with or the things we've been yeah. told, it is hard to, to shed those, those beliefs. Um, yep. but, yep. uh, open up to, to him and, and he'll, he'll show you. Yep. 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 All right. I'll try to put uh, links to like first free and, and those, those seminars and anybody that wants to come join in, there's either virtual on Sunday, Sat uh, Saturday isn't, uh, broadcast. Is Saturday's it? not streamed, yep. uh, but we do have a live service Saturday night at five 30 and then Sunday mm -hmm. morning, uh, eight 30 is streamed and 10 30 is streamed. Yep. And I love the alpha for anybody that's new to Christianity or even have been there for a while. I mean, I think my wife did, went through alpha twice and I wanted to, but was traveling for work at the time or something along those, along those lines, but highly recommend alpha and, and uh, John's still doing discipleship, right? I think his DC yep. class. Yep. Yeah. Yep. yep. That's great for next step. Uh, well, after alpha. He is doing something different now called commission. Oh, yes. 
Oh, okay, um, okay, gotcha. So, but still Tuesday nights. Okay. And um, yeah, and then encourage people to look up uh, firstfree.org/care. Okay. Uh, care groups, um, and for all the different things that are coming up February yeah. 11th. Yep. Okay. All right. Sounds great. I don't know that this will be out by then because um, I'm kind of doing weekly, but uh, I'll get it out as soon as I can and then they can get in touch with you guys um, that way too. So, all right. Thank you, Steve, so much for being on. I really appreciate yeah, it. So, the honor is it was fun. Yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm.